Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Wagner, longtime sports writer for Capital Gazette newspapers and the Baltimore Sun newspaper. I've been covering Navy athletics for darn near three decades. And during that time, I had the pleasure to cover my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, two of the greatest players of the triple option era of Navy football, both played in the NFL. Guys, we're, we're reviewing the Navy-Cincinnati game, and let's, let's start with the positive. I mean, I think even the diehard fans at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium showed up hoping that Navy would not get embarrassed. They were a 28-point underdog going in, and, you know, probably beyond the brotherhood, the only people at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium who thought Navy could win that game were the men in the locker room, coaches and players. But Navy played a heck of a game, both sides of the ball. I thought the defense was simply outstanding, uh, held Cincinnati to 10 rushing yards in the first half. That was the game plan. Brian Newberry came out in the base 3-4 defense instead of the 3-3-5 high safety look that he'd been showing. Cincinnati had prepared for the 3-3-5 and was confused. You could tell that their standout quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who's a Heisman Trophy candidate and a, or supposedly uh, being projected as an early-round NFL draft pick, he looked confused. And they were getting pressure and flushed him out of the po- pocket. He was not sure where he wanted to go with the ball. So that was a real positive. Defense was outstanding. Offense, first Touchdown drive was classic Navy. 13 plays, 79 yards, took seven minutes, 12 seconds off the clock, scored with it, finished with a touchdown. That's exactly what Navy wanted to do in this game. Long touchdown drives in which you finish in the end zone. But unfortunately, although the defense did hold up pretty well throughout the game, the offense only had one other touchdown drive. And it's the same story, not enough points. In this league, you got to get up around 30 points to win games. And Navy, they are averaging just below 18 points for the season. And in this game, only 20. And so it's a seven-point loss, 27-20. So let me start with Eric. What did you see that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like? And we'll get into some specific things. But just your quick summation about the game, Eric. I think you hit it right in the head by saying the brotherhood was the only people that gave us a shot, you know, but if you look at the numbers of this game, it looks different than the numbers of previous games, total yards, we had 308, they had 271 passing yards. And Keen's going to love this 116 yards passing. We open that up rushing yards, 192 versus 95. And then our third down efficiency was, you know, wasn't very good. 721 and fourth down we did well, but the thing that kind of killed Cincinnati was the penalties. But to be honest, I am shocked how well we played. You know, that first drive was, Bill, that was classic Navy football. That was the fullback hitting it off the guard, hitting off the tackle, getting those extra plays, getting those extra yards that need to get. So I was impressed. And I I was, you know, Ty, I'm not sure if he's a little banged up or what's going on, but sometimes he's getting up slow after the plays. But for the fullback plays, 80 yards, that's 80 yards versus a very, very good defense. You know, this isn't, you know, a a bad team. This is number two. And, you know, after the game, people are asking me, you know, is Cincinnati still going to be number two? You know, is this going to mess up their whole 
season just because of the loss for us. We're one and six from 27 to 20. So I'm kind of interested to see what Keenan's going to say about the game. I think I'm going to play bad cop. Uh oh, first time all, first time all season. What you can't even start out with a positive, Keenan? We're a couple weeks we're going nah. negative right off the go. Nah, Come man. No, 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 no. So so Eric, you you really hit the head, hit the nail on the head with a lot of some of the, the real standout things. Let's just I mean, let's put it out there. 27 20 against the number two team, 28 two point team. 28 point dogs, like you know. Nobody expected that. I, I turned the game on. Um, I was I was at this uh I was on this little play day with my daughter. So I missed like the first, I missed that first 15 uh or 14 play drive. And I turned the game on and I and I just remember when I like got ESPN loaded up, I was like, please don't let us be down. And it was, nothing, it, yeah. yeah, and it was seven to nothing at toward the end of the first quarter. I was like, oh dang, like this is okay, let me get this thing rolling. So I had it going on my phone. When we were coming home. Um, but let me get to the bad cop part, right? So we've already talked about what was good, what we liked, improvement, et cetera. But I'm going to be honest, like I'm no fan of moral victories. I really could care less about moral victories. Um, you know, there's only two, there's only two places where almost or, or good enough counts and that's horseshoes and hand grenades. So this isn't a sport where we, man, we, we, we hung in there with the number two team. Like, yeah, we should feel good about ourselves. No, you're one in six. Okay. The reality hey. is the reality hey. is you have to win out to get to a bowl game. That's the reality. So it's you a know, tough schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, third and third. It, it's just, that's what it is. That's, that's the hole we are. We have dug ourselves into. I think when it get when you get into these games with, with, you know, the number two teams, you get against these really, really good teams, right? It comes down to, we talked about this last week. Can we not make mistakes to shoot ourselves in the foot? Because if we do that, we're already we're already at a, like at a disadvantage because of the firepower of the team. But then when you add in the self-inflicted wounds, that just makes the entire situation even more daunting. It makes the hill steeper to climb. The end of the first half, I think, set the game. It, it changed the entire game. And the one thing that I talk, I talked to Scott about this. I texted this to Bill during the game. We don't know how to win. When you get into those close games, there's just things that have to happen to win. And a team that, that understands how to win can make those plays. Example, two, I'm going to just give you two examples. Number one, the entire. I know you're going. I know you're going. So, this so when I'm not, before I even get to the second half, the last 20 seconds, I'm going to start with one of the first plays that you see on a highlight. It's a, it's a midline triple that Ty runs. Um, and he read it perfectly. He got it dealt on time. But you want to know what the next level is? Both the interior tackle and the defensive end took the dive. The next level of the option is keeping that ball and pitching off the safety coming down and filling the mm -hmm. void. That's how you make those big plays. So that's just that wasn't a bad play by Ty. That was a great read. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. But the next level, we're talking about to beat the to beat the number two team. I'm not saying you got a ball as Coach Nehemiah likes to talk. I'm not saying you got to ball out or go outside of your body, but you just have to be so clear in your assignment and what you're doing that you notice stuff like that and you can immediately make that play because that turns into what was a you know 20-yard game by chance. Could have been a touchdown. Could have been a 50-yard game. I mean, who knows, right? And That's just a representative of where we got to get to to beat the number two team. Also, Obviously, in and a half, it was a hot topic on Twitter, whatever, amongst all of the Navy football fan circles. Again, it just it goes back to the experience of Ty, right? You can't take a sack to push you out of field goal range. 
That's number one. That is that is number one. And for me, I can tell that two minute offense has not been a priority. Is like understanding the mechanics of how you function in two minute. What are the situations? What are you supposed to do? It, it may not have been a priority because we have some other problems to fix. So like that sack killed us. But what else killed us was why spike the ball with ten seconds left? Roll it down to three seconds again. It wasn't that he, it was a bad play. It's just it's just next level thinking, and that's what you to, have to have. Can you go next level? Go to you know the two minute or you know one minute drive to win the game. Taking the sack and then spiking the ball. Why is there not a play already in the mind? Let's call this play. Let's get on it. Let's not waste a down that we need. Let's get let's get it moving. So it's you're right. You know you have to think about it in priorities, right? Like if if we, if I'm the Navy football staff, the priority isn't okay. Let's let's get our two minute drill together. The the idea is to not have to be in a situation where we have to do that. Like every other team, all throughout the league, all throughout college ball. Every every week you have multiple periods dedicated to different two minute situations, whether it be end of half or end of game. And they come up with all kinds of exotic things. One minute left, minus 35, no timeouts. We're down by four. We have to score. Like these are situations that are realistic. But if you've never practiced them, if you don't know how to function with a level head and a clear mind in those situations, that's how you lose games. And again, we weren't going to come in here and blow out Cincinnati. We were going to have to play. We we're going to have to rely on them to make mistakes, which they did. We're going to have to play out of our minds, which we did on defense to hold that team to the way they did. And we're not going to have to not make self-inflicted uh, mistakes and just have a different level of thinking. And I think that's what that's what we're missing. But in this conference, right, like that's what you have to have to be competitive. And that's what we're missing. Right, Long-winded, no I know. That's what Coach Niamh keeps saying. There's no margin for error. The teams that Navy's playing are so good. And you look, you know, Navy lost to Houston 28-20. Houston's receiving votes in the AP poll. Navy lost to SMU by a touchdown. SMU is now ranked 19th. And, of course, now a one-touchdown loss to the number two team in the country. To recap for our fans who may not have seen the game, here's what happened at the end of the first half. Navy had a nice little drive. Uh, Cincinnati had just tied the game 10-10. Navy put together a nice drive. They reached the Cincinnati 25-yard line. At the 25-yard line, that's field goal territory. Bijan Nichols, the Navy kicker, can make from that distance, but not much further out. So first and foremost, I'm going to give the defensive tackle, uh, Curtis uh, Brooks, I believe his name was. Yep, Curtis Brooks. Give him credit for the first tackle for loss. He shot the gap. I don't know. You know, Somebody had to have missed a, a block in assignments because he was completely untouched. But he shot the gap, brought Ty down for a three-yard loss. Okay. That happens. Now we're back into 28. I cannot. This is where I put it on the coaches. You can't call a pass play. You're not a very good pass blocking team. And in my mind, Coach Nehemiah got greedy. He wanted to take a shot at the end zone and he got greedy. Time was running down. You're out of timeouts. Just run the fullback into the hole and then clock. And I will tell you this, Keenan, he took responsibility for not having Ty clock the ball at the right time. They should have run it down to three seconds, just like you said, just enough time that even if it is blocked, worst case scenario, it's, get the guy on the ground. Time's going to run out, right? Yep. But so that was a mistake that Coach Niamat owned. But in my mind, should never have been dropping back to pass. And this Brooks guy again, he's the one burst into the backfield, dropped tie for a six-yard loss. So now you just lost nine yards in two plays, just completely disastrous. And then it gets worse. All right. Now you're going to kick a 51-yard field goal. Out of Bijan Nichols' range, he was into the wind. 
you know, not likely he's going to make that, but what well, you give it a try, but then your special teams breaks down again. And we talked about this all season special teams breakdowns. This is like the fourth kick Navy's have blocked this season. And in worse than that, they block it. And the guy who blocked it scooped it right immediately raced 28 yards, got out of bounds. I mean, it was just like crazy as I was watching this. And I said this on our sing second sports podcast, when we do the Sheehy Lexus pregame wrap up, I sat there in the press box going, this is what happens to losing teams. Crazy, otherworldly, ridiculous. You're about to kick a field goal, and the next you know, they're kicking a 50-yard, 52-yard field goal, going into halftime with the 13-10 lead, and you're just like, what just happened? It's deflating. It, the, game, the game is an ebb and flow of momentum, and we have the momentum. You know, We're getting ready to go up. We go up 13-10. That's momentum. We come out of the locker room. We get the ball first. You go down, you score a touchdown, you're up 10. Whole nother game. 10-point lead. That's why we always defer. We want the ball. We want the ball. Back to back. That's, that's, that's what the football is. We want back-to-back possessions. Back-to-back. Let, let's go. It's 14 points. Let's move them around. That, that was Coach Johnson's thing. Coach Nehemiah's thing. It's just it's how Navy football is. Yeah, I mean, they do it. It's in the league, too. You know, yeah, of course. Pete Carroll, Belichick, they all – they yeah. don't want to – you don't want to give another team – a back-to-back possession, especially if you're not playing well. You always want to get the ball in the second half. But, yeah, yeah I mean, then you come out, you don't move the ball, they get a good field position, and he, the guy goes untouched for a touchdown. And now it's a completely different game. Now it's 20-10 the other way around. And now you just – the life is just getting sucked out of you. Now, credit to our guys for fighting back the way they did um, and getting in a position to where they could um, win the game. But to be honest with you, you know, I, I don't I don't know about that – Uh. The, I think it was the first was the first onside kick. Well, the, the first onside kick, and that's another thing that Coach Nehemiah talked about. I didn't I didn't like that one. I didn't like it either. I thought it it smacked of desperation. You just took a seven nothing lead. This is great. Kick it deep. Defense is playing great. But he said that the game plan going in was that they were going to go for a surprise onside field, uh, kick after Navy's first score, regardless. Now I'm sorry, you don't do regardless. You look at the game situation. The game situation was you scored first, you're up seven, nothing. There's no need to do this surprise onside kick. It didn't work. It Navy touched the ball before it went 10 yards and they got the ball at the 44 yard line and went right down the field and scored a touchdown. Seven, seven. I did not agree with the surprise onside kick. There's two sides here, though. They, they, they might have been scouting a certain player as well. That might have been leaving yep. early. You know, the, you know that, that front line, my guy might be cheating like this a little bit. They're like, okay. This, this might be our little opportunity there. So I'll play the devil's advocate because if they would have got that right, we would have been like, that was the best play call ever. Well, the Lions, the Lions-Rams game. Coach Demon's um, genius. I don't know if you guys watched the Lions and Rams game this weekend, but uh, they did the exact same thing. The Lions went down, scored, and they came right back with an onside kick, got the ball back. And then it was like, whoa. And then the same possession that they got the ball back, they went, they did a fake punt. So I get it. Like there are certain chances where you're like, well, let's limit possessions. But, you know, we can sit here and nitpick it, you know, like we're doing. But at the end of the day, uh, if it would have worked, it would have been like, man, that was a genius call. So, you know, either way it go, it's kind of a if you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation. Well, well I know, and I, I know, will I know say, Bill's next thing. Bill's going to ask Chris, what, did he bet under or over? Well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> first, first, first kind of thing I wanted, I do want to say that Eric is right. Coach Nehemiah said that the reason they were planning this is they did spot something on film 
guys they thought they early. could take advantage yeah. of. So that's why they have planned it. It happens, you know. It, I'll give you, you know, the the listeners a little picture, right? So you're when you're playing kick return and you're that front wall. That is such a hard position. So when you're running backwards full speed, the guy you're going to block is running forwards full speed, and then you're pivoting, you're turning on a certain point, and then you're trying to come off that point and then block a guy that's coming at you full speed. Who's, who's okay. probably faster and more athletic than you are, than the front line guys are. Yes. So, and the guy probably, I'm assuming he probably got beat maybe in the previous games where it was. The coach is on his ass. And he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get a little jump here. These guys, are, I'm, I'm going to make a play here. Make, make, make the team, right? So, as, as, a, as a listener, that's something like you get a watch of certain games. There, there's certain things you take advantage of. And I think you know, Coach Nima probably you know, saw that. So, kudos to him, but you know, the execution was not there. All right. Well, I am going to bring in our producer, Chris Cervello, because these crazy things that happen do change final scores over unders, all that. Um, and we want to talk about Bet Online, our, our sponsor. So, Chris, what was the verdict? Was it another losing weekend in the Cervello household? Uh, it was absolutely a losing weekend in the Cervello household. I, I took a beating this weekend, but I was happy to see our boys played well, but uh, I took a beating. So uh, I need to regroup and uh, come out strong for Tulsa. I think everybody took a beating this weekend, to be honest. I was looking at all the overrunners. All, 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 all my bookie friends are texting me, loving life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more prop size and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50. That's B L E A V 5 0 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So now, guys, I'm going to go next to, I mean, I want to first of all do some positive. I like some of the play calling I saw. I have been an advocate for to adding some short passing concepts because I don't think every pass has to be play action. And especially when you have struggled to pass block and so many of your play action passes wind up, end up with the quarterback on his butt and with a sack and a loss. So I've advocated for some short passing concepts and they were introduced in this game. We saw a nice little crossing route to the freshman slot, the sophomore slot back, uh, boy, his name is a killer. This is like Kaipa, Noah, Kayako, and Hada. And I was actually trying to get Ty to help me. Kaipa, Noah, Kayaku, Hiva, Hiva. <laughs> right. Got, got well, it all now. Our, our slot back is Kai Pualoha Rojas. But he had a nice Whoa. little crossing pattern. Real quick hitter. One two-step drop, boom. And that was a nice game. And then there was another play in which the fullback, Ruas, kind of snuck out of the backfield and they hit him along the sideline for short pass. I like that. Then I also like the play in which Chance Warren lined up as a wide receiver, maybe a slot, I don't remember specifically, but he ran across the formation in motion and then they went with a quick pitch that he turned upfield and got a good game. So I like some of the play calling, but what I have to ask, why is Navy, and this is consistent all season, they're averaging less than 18 points a game, why is Navy unable to mount more than two touchdown drives? Clearly, it's in them. They had 
a 21-play, 75-yard touchdown against Memphis. Touchdown drive. To this past weekend against a very, very good Cincinnati defense, a 13-play, 79-yard touchdown drive takes seven minutes plus off the clock. They later had another really nice long touchdown drive. But I'm sorry, two touchdown drives does not get it done. So, fellas, I'm going to ask each of you in turn, Keenan, start this time, and then we'll go to Eric. What's, what's up with the offense? Why are they so inconsistent, and why can they not put up more than 20 points in a game? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. Number one, um, those those long drives are really tough, right? You have to be perfect. You can't really make a lot of mistakes. You can't have penalties. You can't have negative plays. So inherently, that makes repeating them over and over very difficult, especially when you're not performing at the, the highest level at, at that time, right? Um, so that's one thing. Like, those aren't just realistic. And especially, like – over and over again, like defenses make adjustments. These teams we playing are not, they're not slouches. Like it's tough stuff, right? I think I would really be interested to hear stats on like, what are our explosive plays look like this year? Explosive touchdowns. <clears throat> That's where I feel like we're missing. We don't, we're not creating enough explosive plays. Um, so if we don't get those sustained drives, we don't have many quick hitters. And I don't want to hear this about, you know, oh, Navy, this is the Navy, like, you know, 14 play, you know, that's beautiful. We love it. We love it. But we've also been able to make a lot of big plays. We've had some very big, you know, some some real playmakers that have come to our our school. So that's my thing. Like, we got to make more big plays. You got to be more explosive. Like, what are we missing there? Is it is it personnel? Is it do we need to, to change up who we put where? I don't know. But that's what we're missing is that big play element. And you need that because you don't have to be perfect. Because if I have to be perfect every drive and I have to sustain a 12-play drive every single time, like, that is <laughs> that's damn hard. Exhausting. Well, and I agree 100%. Hard. How many times have I seen Keenan run, run the triple, run the triple, and all of a sudden, boom, Keenan breaks the keeper because they didn't take the quarterback this time, and Keenan's gone. That's not just a eight-yard gain. That's a 38-yard touchdown. Or Eric Catani pounding up the middle, three yards here, four yards here. Then, boom, Eric busts out to the house, you know, 42-yard touchdown run. And I agree 100%. So, Eric, I mean, is it an inability to create? I think Keenan and you are both spot on. It's it's Keenan's right. You know, this 12-play, it's yeah, that is Navy, right? But it's I'm not sure if it's the personnel or if it's, you know, the execution, right? Are, are, they, are the fullbacks hit it tight enough to actually have that linebacker run over top, that safety that's running over top to go to the A-back? So I would love to see Ty show up, play a full game, execute, and just dominate and have, you know, a run over 50 yards. I would, I would absolutely love that. And then the schedule we have coming, we got some games we could win, especially after we showed up on Cincinnati like that. If we play like that versus Tulsa, hey, we got a shot. Notre Dame, they're a real good team, but, you know, we got a shot. So, you know, you know, Eric, I think, the big plays, I don't, I don't know if it's personnel because, again, I kind of go back to what I said like what a, few pods, a few pods ago about Fitz, yeah, like what Fitz yeah. said. Like we're more athletic than we've ever been, right? But the key to big plays is not just being faster or stronger or bigger than the other person. The key the is right time. Be, the right time. You, but, see, you have to be in the right place. You have to be doing your job. Yeah. And then you just sometimes, like, you just have to be a dog and run through some stuff, run through some yeah. arm tackles, make some guys miss. Like, that's that's just football. Like the no, best dudes make guys miss. They run through tackles. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at Jonathan yeah. Taylor from the Colts, like the guy, he just runs through tackles. He runs around people. He runs around, uh, makes a miss, runs through them. I mean, 
that's what you have to do to make a big place. Like it's not going to come easy. People are going to be in position. It's just mono a mono. So we have to, we got to win our one-on-one matchups and then we can get more big plays. And then we, I'm not saying we haven't had any, but we need way more in order to keep putting out offensively the output that's necessary to compete with these really, really good teams. Well, the, well, the great part place. is too, like with the, with the big plays is like, I know exactly. It was like Sean had like a, like an 80 yard run. Right. So now they're keen on Sean. They're like, okay, this guy, this guy cannot get the ball. Let's, let's, let's key on him a little bit. They start getting him. Then it's Zerb. And then it's me. Then it's Kaipo. It just changes the pace of the game. Now they're like, okay, who's this guy? I didn't know this guy before we started playing. I knew the quarterback. That's it. So, you know, these defenses, you know, after a while, they got to give up on us. So hopefully, you know, two things in life that I always count on, and that's in business and in life and football, is it's timing and opportunity. When mm-hmm. both those things are there, you seize that moment in all aspects of life, good things will happen. Well, another place where you can get big plays, which Navy has not been, is play action pass. They have not normally, by this time of the season, we've seen a couple play action passes in which a guy's running wide open down the field, hit him in stride, and he's gone touchdown. We have not seen that enough. Bill, I think I know the reason why that happens. Because you got to think, when you come and you're preparing for a Navy football game, the coaches are literally screaming – yelling emphasizing do not get beat on the play action we have beat so many teams over the years with free shots on play actions and now you get in a conference where you play the same teams every single year and the number one emphasis i guarantee it the number one emphasis is don't get beat on play action and what are teams doing to stop that they're playing man to man on the a's and the receivers and they're saying to themselves our, our guys are better than your guys. We can beat you in one-on-one matchups. So what, what used to happen, what a lot of people used to do back in, the, back in my time, Eric's time, is they would play zone. They would, they would have – so the safeties would rotate in the zone. They weren't really covering a man. They were just kind of – one guy would come run support, the other guy would, would fill over the top. So that just left a lot of opportunities to beat guys with their eyes in the backfield because they're not playing man. So we would play a few teams. They would play man-to-man coverage, like a Rutgers. They would play man-to-man coverage. And it was really tough to do play action because their guys would just – they'd see the pass and they just run with our guys. And they felt like they were athletic enough to keep up. So I think that's what's really – I've seen a lot of man-to-man from defenses. So now the the question becomes, okay, how do we – there's always man-beaters. So now it's like, okay, let's implement some man-beaters. Let's get these guys a little worried about – some of the stuff we're doing and then it just kind of it loosens them up makes them change like maybe we can't play man but until we show that we can that we can outmatch these these people that we're playing against in these one-on-one situations on the perimeter they're gonna keep doing it and they're gonna say you're gonna do this play action pass but i bet we can get to you before your guy can get open and that's exactly what's happening yep well and to what eric was referring to early in the pod was ty finished 11 of 15 passing for 116 yards that's pretty good Navy's longest play from scrimmage was that that little crossing pattern to the slot back that I mentioned, Piloa Rajas, 26 yards. Uh, the only the next longest play of the day was Umbarger, who's the – I mean, every time Umbarger goes on the field, you better be looking for a reverse because he is their designated reverser, and he's run like four of them this year, and he's been pretty highly successful. He's a very efficient. He had a 19-yard gain on a reverse. But another factor in – not scoring enough points, they Navy settled for field goals three times. Okay, so Bijan Nichols made two field goals. We already talked about the one that was blocked. But the bottom line is that's three times that Navy was in 
red zone area and had to settle for a field goal. And that's 21 points potentially off the board. If those were touchdowns, if they finished with touchdowns, even on two of them, that's, you know, 14 more points you're winning the ball game. So, I mean, Coach Niamat has said over and over, got to finish, got to finish, got to finish. But the bottom line is you can't keep talking about it. You got to start doing it. You got to start Friday night at Tulsa. And you know, Bill, to your point about the red zone, the best years that I had at the at the academy, and I don't want to be sound like the has been, but the best years I had were years where we were 90 plus in the red zone scoring efficiency, 94%, 92%, which means if we get in the red zone, we gonna, we knew we were going to score. Like it was just like, all right, we're here now. You, We're going to score. It's just a matter of time. Or how? Who gonna, who's going to run it in? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be Swain? Is it going to be Bug? Like who's going to score? So that that's crucial because, I mean, we talked about that in the in the Marshall game. You know, is it a different game if we were not one for five in the red zone? You know what I'm saying? Like those things are big. And again, when you're playing these top teams, you only get so many opportunities and you don't have you can't afford, like coach says, there's zero margin of error. So, I, I, again, I don't think this is a at the end of the day, I, I don't think this is a coaching thing. I don't think this is necessarily schematic. It's just the guys on the field got to make plays. That's what that's what it is. Somebody going to have to make a play. Who going to be a dog? That's what I want to see. Who going to be a dog every single time they step out there? Not a dog every other play or every other series, but every single play of every series that they're on the field, they dominate their matchup. I want to see that. That is my challenge to Navy players. Who's going to be a dog on Friday? Well, to your point, Keenan, I just looked up the stat. Navy ranks 107th nationally in red zone offense. That's not very good. So, Eric, uh, any last thoughts? And let's just real quickly summarize how it ended. Navy got a onside kick. It was brilliant. You know, Navy scored a late touchdown. Navy scored a late touchdown to get within 27-20, and they went onside, and this time it worked perfectly, and the the, uh, designated kicker bounced it up high. Jamal Glenn came running in and got the ball, and so Navy had a chance to go down and get the tying touchdown, but Ty – forced to pass along the sideline to Chance Warren, cornerback for uh, since he stepped in front, pick, and that's a ball game. Eric? Yeah. Do you know, you know it was really cool to see about that onside kick? was the sideline and the fans and the brigade getting hyped. That reminded me of when we were playing at a very, very high level, and that was kind of like the standard right, of, you know, the brigade behind you, the fans behind you, and just the sideline, the players, the coaches were excited, right, that lifeblood that you felt. So, you know, I enjoyed seeing that kick. I did not enjoy seeing that last, you know, you know, 35 seconds of that game. I think it could have been, you know, better done, a little better shot, but, you know, you can't take a sack and you can't throw a pick. And that's, that's, that's something we all know. But I'm excited to see next week. Again, it's a short week, bodies are hurt, you know, players' morale. Hope it helps out being a day earlier, but you know, I'm Chris. I'm guessing the spread. Um, oh, Tulsa's favored. Yeah, yeah. So of course they're favored. Probably like 10. 11, 11 ish. Yeah, some are eleven and a half, some are ten and a half, somewhere in between. Right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we always wrap up with our producer Chris Cervello, kind of asking the guys a question or some thoughts. But I can tell you that when we taped our She Lexus of Annapolis post game pod for Sing Second Sports. Chris Cervello's comment was, I left Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium pissed off because I thought we had a chance to win this and we 
gave it away. Chris, what can you ask the guys or any thought? So how, how do you take, um, I, I was kind of where, where Keenan was uh, earlier in the pod on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I, there's no such thing as a moral victory for a, for a diehard fan either. What was the coaching staff to this week? Anything different? I, I've asked you that a couple of times. Um, maybe you give me the same answer, but h- how do you take the highs um, and address the lows in, in another short week? I'll give you a, an example. So when I was with the Jaguars, we had the head coach named Gus Bradley. And I have never seen an, uh, a coach or a gentleman always have the same positive, like, attitude. And we, <laughs> you know, the Jaguars, yeah, we stunk. <laughs> we were horrible. Blake Bortles rookie year. Um, you know, something like, yeah, it was, it was bad. Right. But it was always a standard that he had, you know, cause he knew his players, he knew his coaches, you know, everybody was, was doing the best they possibly could. Right. Some of the outcomes, you know, this season we go back, I would estimate we could have won, you know, Cincinnati, we could have won other games, you know, we had different opportunities. So the standard, you know, that coach Neiman always sets and all the coaches at the Naval Academy always set. One, not just for the football players, but two, for the leaders that are going to be in the, in the United States Navy afterwards to always hold that moral compass and always hold that, you know, that, that flag north. So I think Coach Neiman is a phenomenal coach, a phenomenal human being. I think that he's going to keep that standard going through. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably telling the guys, like, this won't sound crazy, but don't get cocky. And people like, and, and me personally, like, uh, I feel like I'm like, you know, you look at our record, there's no reason to be cocky, right? But, you know, people are like, man, nobody expected you guys to hang around with the number two team like that, like blah, 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 blah. You got, if you play like this, you know, you can beat everybody on the schedule. Like, yeah, that's true, but you actually got to, you got to show up and do it, right? So I think they just get back to work, man. I think the big thing is just keep the main thing the main thing, try to correct the mistakes and get back to work. It's just, it's a long season. I mean, it's been a grind so far. Guys are banged up. Guys are hurt. You've been, there's been a lot of – it's been controversy. There's been drama. At the end of the day, let's show up. You know, when they when they roll out on Tuesday for the first, first day of practice of the week, you show up, you work. I mean, there's no fancy formula. We can look at film and see exact mistakes as to why we lost this game. But at the end of the day, you got to go ahead and do it on when it counts on Saturdays and, on, and this week on Friday. Well, and that's what we heard from several Navy football players in the wake of the loss. We know we can beat any team in the country. And, you know, we already talked about losing by a touchdown or less to three teams that are nationally ranked. So, but Coach Niamat said it today in his presser. We could have, should have, but we didn't. And guess what? We're one and six. So what do we do to stop losing close games? We have to figure out a way to start winning games. We've got to eliminate mistakes, got to finish drives, et cetera. So we'll talk about Tulsa on Wednesday night when we do our little preview pod. This is a great discussion wrapping up the Cincinnati game, fellas. I want to thank everybody for listening to another edition of Believe in Navy Football podcast. Thanks to my co-hosts, Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani, and to our producer, Chris Cervello. And thank you to Bet Online as our sponsor. Uh, We'll be back later in the week for the Tulsa preview. Uh, We'll drop that first thing Friday morning, so you have to listen to before the Friday night game at 7.30 out there in Northeast Oklahoma. All right, fellas, thanks a lot. Great job, and we'll see you all next time.
If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.